Well, good morning and welcome to Soul City Church. My name is Jarrett Stevens, and we are going to dive into what we just witnessed there, the fullness and the breadth and the depth of our God-given capacity to actually feel. And I am so excited when we kick off a new teaching series, and that's what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks. We're going to learn how we can feel free and fully as God actually intended us to do. Now, I want to let you know that we actually live in a very unique uh, moment in time. This is a moment, uh, honestly, unlike any other moment in human history, where we actually have the capability to express the full range of human emotions uh, more than ever before, to more people, actually, than ever before. But never before have we been more clueless about what our emotions actually are and what they actually mean and reveal to us. See, we are living in a very, very historic time because we are living in the time of the emoji. <laughs> See, forget, gone are the days of soul searching. Now all you have to do is just do this to find the emotion that best sums up what you're feeling in that moment. Forget having to express it articulately. Just send an emoticon. And that pretty much sums it all up and says everything that you're feeling. So we've never been able to communicate more emotions and yet have never been more clueless about them. And just show you how confusing at times emojis can be. Because have you ever received one from a friend? You're like, I don't think that means what you think it means, right? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so uh, we're going to take a little emoji quiz, all right? This is an emoji quiz that we're going to take together. And here's the deal. We're just starting with the lightning round, okay? We're just going to start fast. You're going to actually compete with the person next to you, all right? So I want you to look at the person right next to you, and I want you to look in their eyes and say, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put an emoji up on the screen, and you need to see who of the two of you can guess it the fastest, all right? That's, it's real simple. We got it? We'll start with some low-hanging fruit with the first one. First emoji. Happy, all right. Yeah, that's the most often sent, common sent emoji. Lots of different ways to express that. Some of you are more the winking happy kind of person. That's cool, too. That's great. Uh, all right, remember, you're competing with the person next to you. See if you can name this one. Sad, very good. See, you know your emojis. That's awesome. And here's the great thing. That's the single tear sad. If you're really sad, waterfall tears sad. Or crying cat sad. Whatever you're feeling most like that day. All right, turn to the person next to you. See if you can guess this one. Angry, yeah, mad. That's right. This is kind of frustrated, angry. Maybe you've sent this one. Let me just say a word. Uh, spouses, if you are in a fight with your spouse, this is not how you solve it. This is not how you move things forward. Do not send emojis to them. All right, next one. See if you can guess this one. Love. Uh, and there's lots of those, lots of different ways to express that. It's a real heartfelt way to share your emotions with the person you love. Send them an emoji. Uh, all right, next one. See if you can guess this one. I, what is this one, really? Because Cray-cray? Is that what we're saying? This is cray? All right, so we've officially made sure that this one is cray. So if you're ever feeling cray, just send this to... Your friends. All right, next one. Okay, so see, this is the thing. People are confused. It could be awkward. It could be nervous. It could be anxious. It could be, I just went to the dentist. I got my braces off. It could be any one of those, right? It's a little confusing. All right, next one, quickly. No, not Santa. Creepy Santa. That is a creepy... Creepy, stocky-looking Santa. All right, next one. 
All right, see, you're unsure about what this unsure emoji really is. Someone in the last service said, it's meh. Like, meh. That's pretty much the emotion. Meh. So maybe that's what we'll call that one. Next one. See, different answers. You're not exactly sure. Some said, who said surprised? Surprised? Who said embarrassed? Right, right. It could be either one of those. And who knows? And lots of other ones. Not quite sure what this one's meant to be. All right, we'll go on to the last one here. The heck are these? What does this mean? Who are the dancing cat zombies? And why are they twins? That concerns me most is that there's two of them. I don't understand what their purpose is, but when you feel that way, feel free. Or the red flamenco dancer lady, send her in case that's how you're feeling. All right, do you understand what I'm saying? How we've never been able to communicate our emotions more, but we've never been more unaware, honestly, of what is actually going on inside us. So for the next few moments, I want to dive into a specific passage in the Bible as we listen to and learn from the heart of God on how we can better understand and experience and express our God-given emotions. For the next few moments, we're going to dive into that age-old philosophical, theological dilemma. What do you do with all the feels? What do you do with all the feels? What do you do with what is actually going inside of you? And I suppose that question could be asked a couple different ways. What do you do currently? What do you do currently? What's your current strategy for your emotions? What do you do when you feel something? Do you express it? Do you suppress it? Do you share it? Do you keep it to yourself? What, what actually should we do? What should we do? What is a way that we can actually honor God with our emotions? What could we do if we actually were able to invite God into the deepest things that are going on inside of our soul? So what I want you to do is grab a Bible and open up to Psalm 139. So if you're here in this room, do that. For all of you in overflow, our overflowing overflow space, we love you. There should be a Bible in your seat back for you to grab as well. You can turn to Psalm 139 in the gray Bible. It's page 433. And get something to write notes. So grab a pen or maybe your phone or something like that, because I want to share with you a few, a few things that can really be a transformational tool for you to engage God with your emotions, maybe like never before in your life today. So Psalm 139, page 433. Let me give you some quick context. This is the book of Psalms, kind of falls right in the middle of the Bible. If you want to understand really what the, as at the heart of the book of Psalms, it is basically, the book of Psalms is the soul of the Old Testament. It is where we feel what it was like to live at that distance and separation that sin had brought about between us and God. And the majority of the Psalms are written by King David, and in it, each one of them sort of runs the emotional spectrum from joy and gratitude to anger and rage to God, I love you, to God, kill all my enemies, you know, and all that kind of stuff, everything in between, despair, all of it. It is a beautiful reminder and invitation that God has actually created us with an immense capacity to feel. And we see that in Psalm 139 as David is reflecting upon his identity. Where did he come from? How was he created? And so he reflects on that. And I want us to look at verse 13 as David is in the midst of reflecting on the deeper things of who he actually is in God. Verse 13, he says this, for you, speaking to God, for you created my, what's the phrase? My inmost being. Now you want to circle that. Because David's kind of talking about how God created him. And, you know, you can kind of look to the outside world as he does and says, God, I can see your work on display. I can look even to my physiology, look to how physically my body works and says, that's amazing in and of itself. But God, you didn't stop there. You actually created my inmost beings. And the, the a way of translating that phrase would be, you created my soul. 
You gave me a soul, God. You gave me a soul. You created all the internal, that, that emotional capacity within me comes from you. All the things that come out of me come from a place that you actually created for me, God. And I love this language that David uses. Isn't this beautiful? You knit me together. You lovingly knit me together in my mother's womb. You created all the intense complexities of who I am physically, but you also did that in my inmost being. You knit it together with intentional loving design and care. Verse 14, David says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That word fearfully means something to behold, something to step back and go, whoa. Something to go, okay, this is much bigger than me. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Pause right there. What might happen to your day tomorrow if when you got up in the morning, you walked up to the mirror looking as you do and said, I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you think that might shift how you view yourself? What an act of worship you could do in the morning just by looking at yourself and saying, God, I see your beauty, your creation, in all of the complexity of how you created me. He says, your works are wonderful, God. What you do is wonderful. He says, I know that full well. I know that to the deepest places of who I am, that the deepest places of who I am were created by you. And David's reflection here, his revelation, he reveals something that we actually see throughout the whole of the Bible, something that is revealed and consistent throughout the whole of the Bible. And it's simply this, that your ability, your capacity to feel comes from God. And that's really huge, bigger than maybe we even realize. That your, uh, your, at least your ability and capacity to feel actually comes from God. Listen, your feelings are intertwined with this thing called free will. It's a gift that God gave you. Your feelings are intertwined with free will, meaning that God has given you the capacity to, free, to feel freely. He's not going to control you. You're not a robot to God. God's not going to squelch your emotions. God's given you the capacity to feel all the feels. They're actually a gift from God. All of the highs and all of the lows and all of the loves and the losses of life, the breadth and the depth of life. Listen to me, God actually created you, every single one of you, male and female, old and young, with the emotional capacity to experience life to its fullest. And I think that's something worth pointing out, is that you are not just emotional. You ever had someone, you ever had someone use that phrase with you before? Ah, you're being so emotional. What does, that even, what does that even mean? And isn't it interesting, it usually has a tinge of shame attached to it. Why are you so emotional? Have you ever found yourself apologizing? Like you're crying, you know, at maybe a job interview, and you're crying. And, <laughs> I don't know what's going on in your life, but you're crying, and you found yourself apologizing for your emotions, and what do you say? I'm sorry for being so emotional. Listen, you are not emotional. You actually are emotion-full. you got to understand that you are emotion-full, full of emotions, the capacity with which to experience given to you by your creator God who knit you together in your mother's womb. Even the inmost beings, your soul, God knit together 
to give you the capacity to be emotion full. Now think about it. This room right here, our overflow room right now, it would be foolish for me to say, oh, you guys are so emotional. What does that even mean? This room, in fact, actually is full of emotions. Think about this room beyond yourself for a moment. There's folks walking in here every single week carrying things, dealing with wounds, holding hopes and dreams. The full range of emotions are represented every time we gather in this room. Now, here's the crazy thing. And in you as well. God has given you the capacity to feel fully. And I think this is what honestly separates us from all the other animals that God created. That ability that God gave humans uniquely is the ability to feel. No other animal has that to that capacity, except with the exception of maybe uh, dogs who feel great joy and great love and gratitude and cats who feel disdain, <laughs> disgust in you, disappointment in you. This is what separates you from the animals is your capacity given to you by God to feel fully. And this is a far greater gift than maybe you may even know because what your emotions do, the gift that they are to you, is that they give you, they're one of the primary ways that you can tangibly be in touch with the intangible reality of your soul. Your emotions are a way for you to tangibly be in touch with the intangible reality of what's actually going on in your soul. Your emotions are the external expression of the internal realities of your inmost being. Maybe you're familiar with the idea, the reality actually, of the iceberg. You've probably seen a picture of one before like this, and you know that it's not what's on top of the water that sank the Titanic, but what's below, what's beneath the surface. In fact, anytime you see a picture of an iceberg, all you're seeing on the surface is usually around 10% of its mass. As big as it is, that's only 10% of what's going on. The other 90% is below the surface. So it is with you. So it is with your soul and your emotions that your emotions are a revealer of what is going on beneath the surface. They are not the point in and of themselves, but they are pointing you to something beneath the surface. Or maybe for you, when it comes to your emotions, this image maybe better illustrates what goes on. The more you bottle them up, the more you suppress them, the more you push them aside, thinking you're doing yourself and everyone else a favor, they end up blowing up and can actually blow up your life. So it's very important for us to actually understand the capacity and the ability that God has given you to experience your emotions. I want you to think of them maybe like this. Maybe this metaphor will help. That your emotions are kind of like the dashboard to your soul. You're familiar with your dashboard in the car, right? That's the thing like right in front of you. Let you know kind of how fast you're going, how far you've got to go. Lights pop up. I don't know what the squiggly car thing means, but you know, those are all there to reveal something to you, right? You're familiar with the dashboard of your car. Does your dashboard drive the car? No, it reveals what is going on within the car. In the same way, your emotions need not drive your life, but actually reveal what is going on inside your soul. Your emotions are like the dashboard of your soul, cluing you in to what is going on and giving you the opportunity to invite God in. To invite God in to whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment. Now, knowing that we were talking about this this weekend, I did like a little experiment on myself this last week 
to see what it would look like if I really paid attention to what I was feeling, to the dashboard of my soul, to try as best I could to go, okay, what am I feeling? Where's that coming from? And so rather than walking you through the whole week and maybe boring you with some of that, here's a couple highlights of just paying attention and what God was revealing to me about what was going on inside by what I was feeling on the outside. Last Sunday, after our amazing five-year anniversary, I don't know if you were here last Sunday, but it is like the, it was the cray emoji, okay? It was awesome. It was so much fun to celebrate. And as we celebrated all day and we celebrate with folks who really helped get this church started in the beginning, and we had a dinner that night that, I mean, there was not a dry eye in the room. As we laughed our heads off at the unbelievable only God story of this church, and then we cried as we were reminded of the love that God has for us and that we have for each other. And now what happened to me after that was I had a spiritual retreat that I had booked for Monday and Tuesday with a spiritual director and a community that I'm with for the last couple of years. And so I knew I was going there on Monday and Tuesday and I was going to drive up there Sunday night. I got in the car to drive up there after all of that. And I literally just sat in the car. I'm like, oh my gosh, I felt so overwhelmed. And I had to drive like an hour or so to get there. And so there was a lot of coffee that I drank to get there. And as I was driving, I was getting in touch with what I was feeling. I was feeling depleted. I was feeling exhausted. I was feeling like I don't have any more to give. And in all the good and difficult ways, it, was, um, it has been an amazing last five years. It's been an amazing run through For the Love as we continue to give to what God is doing through this church. But something hit me. I was emotionally exhausted. And what God was trying to reveal to me was that my soul needed to stop and rest. And in a culture addicted to hustle and hurry, your emotions may be desperately trying to get your attention to pay attention to a soul that is weary and overwhelmed and exhausted. And thankfully, I had the space where the next day I was able to carve out some time and just come down and just sit and let my soul rest. And God led me to a deep spiritual exercise uh, called a nap. <laughs> I had some time in my schedule. It was the mo I was just laid out before God. I mean, there was some kind of prayer language with my snoring. I mean, it was a deep <laughs> spiritual experience because my soul was trying to tell my body through my emotions. You need to stop. You need to slow down. All right, so I get back, and on Tuesday night, I came back, and, and I found when I got into work on Wednesday that all the work that still needed to get done while I was gone on my spiritual retreat, uh, shockingly, hadn't been done, and angels hadn't come in my absence to finish all my projects, and I was behind on several things, and, and instantly, after this great spiritual retreat and this amazing high on Sunday, uh, by Wednesday morning, I was in the depths of anxiety, of like anxiousness, of like, oh, I can't get it all done. There's no way to get it all done. And I found myself getting stressed and even kind of grinding my teeth a little bit. You ever done that? You're like, what am I doing? What's going on? Well, your body is trying to tell you something that your soul is ringing the bell for. And I found myself feeling anxious. And I was short with Jeannie and I was short with our kids. I was having a hard time sleeping. Wednesday night, I was up till 2 a.m. just in bed staring to see ceiling going, okay, God, okay, I get it. What's going on? And I had to get in touch with the fact that my soul was feeling over-revved and overwhelmed. And that I had placed too high of a burden upon myself. And that I had kind of taken the reins of all of the work of God and said, I got this one, I'll take care of it for you. I'll let you know when I need you. 
And that was too much for my soul to bear. And so my soul was telling me through my anxious and you know, overwhelmed, stressed emotions, that's what was going on. Okay, fast forward to Friday night, this last, just a couple days ago. Both of our kids had sleepovers at our house. So two different sleepovers under one roof. And we're in that season of life and it's awesome. And so I, we were there and their buddies are there and it was so sweet for our kids to have this time with them. And somewhere in the midst of all the squealing and laughing and princess dresses and video games and all the stuff going on and piles of pizza boxes, you know, and just hearing them just giggle and tell stories like way past lights out, you know, that whole thing, but you kind of allow it because it's just so cute. All of that stuff going on. I'm cleaning up and doing the dishes, the genie, and tears begin to well up in my eyes. My soul is trying to tell me something. And they're tears of joy. I mean, just deep joy and gratitude. And I said to her, like, Jeannie, I'm in my sweet spot right now. Like, I don't know if there's anything that makes me happier than seeing our kids love their friends and be loved by their friends. And if you're a parent and you know that little connection that your little ones have, I mean, it, it's powerful. And what my soul was trying to tell me was pay attention to joy. Pay attention to gratitude. That's, that's what's going on inside of here. And I was expressing those through my emotions because that's what really our emotions do is they give us a window into what's actually going on inside of our soul. All week, all day, every day, that's what your emotions are actually doing. As they're cluing you in, revealing like a dashboard what is going on in your soul. And each emotion you feel is actually an invitation from God to connect with him. Listen, to not be afraid of your emotions. Let me just hit pause right there. Some of you are so afraid of your emotions. And maybe you grew up in a house or a culture where that's what you were taught. We don't do that. Don't, don't be strong. Don't feel that. Don't bother me. Don't burden me with those emotions. And you're so afraid of your emotions. Some of us here tend to apologize for our emotions again and again and again. And we feel bad for feeling what we're feeling. That's not of God. Your emotions are an invitation to pay attention to your soul. So my question to you is, what do you think your soul is trying to tell you right now? Right now. Like right now. Take a breath and just sit with that for a second. What do you think your soul is trying to tell you through the emotions that you've been experiencing or expressing? What is it that your soul is trying to say to you? Now, what would it look like for you to actually just name that and go, okay, I think this is what's going on, and then to have the courage to actually invite God in? This is a transformational turn. That's the turn. To say, okay, this is what's going on. Rather than apologize, rather than kind of fix my emotions, rather than kind of just brush them aside, I'm going to go, okay, this is going on. It's not even the point. The point is what's going on down here. God, will you be with me in this? Will you actually be with me in this emotion? Now, for some, that may seem absolutely overwhelming. It's just way easier to ignore your emotions or to just blow up like a volcano whenever you want. This is easier, but I want to encourage you to do kind of the deeper work. 
And I want to give you a tool to help you do that, one that was given to me years and years ago, years ago, before we even started Soul City Church. I had the privilege of getting to know Jeannie Malnati, who's one of our elders, actually, at our church here. And before we ever started Soul City, before she was ever an elder, probably our second or third time meeting together, getting to know each other, she gave me this little bookmark, and it has this word on it. It says sachet. And if you've been around Soul City for a little while, you know what this word is. Sachet. I want to put it up on the board. And I want you, wherever you can, to take notes because I want to give you a tool that can help you get in touch with what's going on in your inmost being. You might want to write that down. Now, listen, let me just say something right off the bat that I said to Jeannie right off the bat. That's not how you spell the word sachet. <laughs> but spelling is not an emotion. So just go with it, okay? Because we're going to make a point here. This little bookmark, this little phrase has become kind of a part of our language here at Soul City Church. It's a way for us to check in and to connect with God and each other. Let me quick you, quickly walk you through what sachet stands for. It stands for the sad is the first emotion. If you're feeling sad, this is a way to kind of remember this, this word sachet. Angry, feeling angry inside, right? That, kind of, that building up inside of you. Scared would be the next word, that next S, scared. You want to write these down. Next word would be happy, if you're feeling happy inside, joy overwhelming inside of you. Next word is excited. There's things going on that you're excited about, a season that you're in or a relationship that you're in, you're excited about. And then the last letter T is for tender. Sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender. I want you to say them back to me because this is actually a powerful little tool. So let's walk through sachet together. First emotion. Sad. Second. Angry. Then. Scared. Then. Happy. Then. Then, so what this is, is a little way of you actually checking in, doing what we call a sachet, a check-in where you can just say, okay, what's going on? Now listen, are these all of the emotions? No, these are like the primary colors, okay? This is the eight crayon box of Crayolas, okay? This is not the 64 crayon box. This is a place for you to start, though, to connect to what's really going on inside of you. What would it look like for you to do that? You know, it's really fun. This simple little tool that Jeannie gave to me years ago is something we use in our elder meetings from time to time to just start off our meetings and connect to each other. Hey, wh what's going on right now? Where are you at? Let's sashay. Where are you at? We'll do our leadership team meetings here at the church. So, from time to time, we'll start off just using that as a way of checking in and connecting the dots between our emotions and our soul, between God and us. What would it look like for you to begin to actually do that in your life? To just take a little tool like this and go, okay, I don't know how to do all this. I'm not sure exactly, but I, I can remember sachet, mostly because it's spelled wrong. And I can remember kind of what it stands for. If not, I can write it down somewhere. And at any given moment, I can actually check in with what's going on inside. Now, let me give you like some really practical ideas, because this is so important that we be a church that is emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy and connected to God. This is important to our mission of transformation as a church. So I want to give you a couple ways that you can use this. Uh, for, first would be in prayer, taking that sachet tool and applying it to prayer. Now, has anyone ever, have you ever felt like you, that you've wanted to pray, but, but maybe you don't know what to say? Have you ever felt that before? Like, you want to pray. You have a desire to pray. But maybe you just run out of words. You're just like, yeah, God, no. I got nothing left. <laughs> or maybe you're new to prayer. And you're like, I don't know how to pray. Just, that's, that's what you're supposed to do up front. I don't know how to do that. What if you could pray through sachet? That if you don't know what to pray, start with what you're feeling. I mean, that's basically what the book of Psalms is. God, I'm scared. I'm really scared. And here's why. Dot, 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 dot. And here's the transformational turn. I invite you in 
God, I invite you in. God, I'm happy. I'm so happy, God. I just feel, I'm so grateful you provided this job. I'm so grateful for where our relationship is at right now. And God, I want to give you the credit for that. I'm going to acknowledge you as the source of joy in my life. What a cool little way to pray. And if you ever feel stuck or don't know how to pray or what to say, you can just use sachet. Start with where you're at and invite God in. If you're in a small group around here, right, maybe you're a small group leader and you're like, man, it is week six of this cycle. I am running out of ways to connect with people at the beginning of our small group. What if you did sachet this week? What if that's just how you started? Hey, here's how we're going to start. Just want you to pick one of these things, one of these primary colors of emotions, and just tell us where you're at and what's going on inside. And see what happens in the tone of your small group when we let each other see inside to our inmost being. Maybe in relationship, you can begin to use this common language. At least start here with your kids. If you have kids, oh my God, don't you wish someone would have given you emotional tools as a kid rather than just telling you stop crying or rather than just ignoring your emotions? Don't you wish someone would have said, oh, what you're feeling, you're excited. Tell me why you're excited. Tell me what you're feeling. How that might have actually shaped and changed your life so that you wouldn't have to do so much work as an adult. If you have kids, what a great language for you to bring in. What are you feeling? Are you sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender? Talk to me about that. Let's actually, here's the transformational turn. Let's invite God into that together. Imagine how that might change the tone in your home. Again, it's a simple little tool that any one of us can use at any given moment to help us sort of name what's going on, to see into our soul and to actually invite God in. Because that's the powerful thing about your emotions, whatever they are, whenever you're feeling them, is that every emotion that you feel, every emotion you feel, is ultimately, actually, an invitation for connection with God. Every emotion is an invitation for connection with God. Now, you're trying to play it out right now and see if you can find one that's not, right? <laughs> play it out. Everything you feel is a way for you to draw close to God, to invite him into that space he created for you, your inmost being. And to say, God, not only did you create it, I invite you into it because I'm feeling this. You're feeling fear right now. When you look around our world today, you think of just the violence in our city, the most violent city in America. It's easy to feel fear. You turn on the news, you see what's happening around the world, acts of terror on innocent people who had nothing to do with whatever cause that group is promoting. It's easy to feel fear, isn't it? It's easy to be overwhelmed by your fear, to get stuck, to get lost in your fear. What if fear was an invitation for connection with God and you could simply pray, God, I am afraid. God, be with me. God, be with me. I'm scared. I am scared. God, be with me. Or you're feeling joy or happiness. You're just caught up in a moment. You're like, God, this is good. And so to simply connect to God by saying, God, you are good. I feel it. I experience it. Or you're feeling anger inside. You are just so angry. You are so angry at your ex. You're still angry years after the relationship ended. That anger just continues to brew and stew inside of you. You're angry at the world around you. You're angry at how everyone else drives more worse than you. You're just angry. It just comes out of you. 
when you feel that anger come out of you, what would it look like for you to pray, God, be my peace? This emotion is an indicator of what's going on in my soul. God, be my peace. Be a peace that passes my anger and all understanding. When lust begins to stir up in you and you find yourself looking at something you know is not healthy or helpful and you're looking at it longer and longer or you're talking to her more than you should or you find yourself moving faster than you ever wanted to in this relationship and lust is grabbing the wheel of your life, that's an invitation for you to connect with God and say, God, you alone satisfy me. You are the one who satisfies me, God. That's an invitation rather than letting it have the wheel of your life to say, no, God, you are the one. When you feel great sadness, just great sadness, maybe you've lost someone recently or you've lost a dream, a hope that you had. That feeling of sadness is not something to kind of just push away so you can be more productive, more effective and make it easier for everyone else around you. That emotion of sadness is an invitation for you to pray, God, comfort me as you promised you would. God, comfort me. There's not an emotion that you can feel that God cannot use as an invitation for connection with you. And so would we be the kind of people that would be able to name what we're feeling without shaming it, invite God into it, and let the true transformational work be done? Because see, that's the thing. We talk about transformation every week here at Soul City Church. Literally, every week we talk about transformation. And while there's changes that you can make to your life on the surface, real transformation only happens at the soul level, in your inmost being. And until you invite God into those spaces, there is still much more work to be done. And so might we be the kind of people, might we have the kind of relationships, might we have the kind of marriages and families where we are actually able to identify, to name, and then to invite God in and allow ourselves to feel the full capacity of emotions that God has given you to feel and allow them to be a transformational tool in your life. Now, before we close, I want to just, just say a word um, and I, and I want to really, at the risk of, of, of playing to stereotypes, I want to say a word specifically to the men in this room. Because I want to address something that's going on in our culture that you may be caught up in that you're not aware of. So for a moment, I just want to talk to the guys. And if you're sitting next to a guy, they don't need you to elbow them right now. They know I'm talking to them, okay? So just sit still and let them hear this, Okay. Guys, there is a story in our culture that women are emotional and that emotions are weak. Play that out. That dishonors God's design. Yes. And it's a disservice to every woman that you're in a relationship with. And it's a disservice to the men that you're in a relationship with. There's an old story that says that women are emotional and men need to be strong. Let's update that story. It serves no one. And it's keeping you at a distance from God and from the people closest to you. Can we get over that story? There's a story in our culture, a script maybe that you were handed, that says that when it comes to emotions, it's your job, men, to fix them. Because that's what we do, we fix things. Do you know you can do irreparably more damage to someone 
by trying to fix their emotions rather than just be with them in their emotions. And that the invitation for you when someone is feeling emotional around you is to sit, to be present, and to connect to what you're feeling in that moment. And to have the courage to take the transformational turn and say, God, I invite you in. I invite you in. Men, it's time for us to update the story and to be a part of a generation of men who feel fully and freely and who recognize that it is God himself who gave us the capacity to experience the emotions that we're feeling, to no longer view them as weak, to no longer view them as something that we need to fix or to push off, but to actually be men who are present and connected with God because we are present and connected with our emotions. I as a man and a co-pastor of this church, long for that for you. And I am done with those old stories. And I invite you to be as well. Because here's the reality. The Savior who has set me free, the Savior who has made relationship with God possible, was a man fully in touch with his emotions. The gospel writers took great effort to make sure that we see Jesus feeling. Feeling joy and delight in children as he's in their presence against the demands of the culture around him and the agenda that his disciples had for him. Jesus stopped and said, no, 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 no. This is a moment of joy and delight. I will not shame. I will not quiet this emotion. I will not rush past it for greater efficiency and productivity. I'm gonna feel joy right now. And don't you dare interrupt me. This is a savior who actually wept over the loss of his friend, wept over the loss of his friend Lazarus, who moments later, he would raise from the dead. That's another story. <laughs> but he was present with the sadness, the loss in the moment. He wept with his friends, Mary and Martha, over the loss of their brother. The gospel writers made sure that you knew that. This is a savior who, when he saw the racial prejudice and injustice, the religious prejudice and injustice of his day, went into the heart of religion, into the temple, and literally turned the place upside down and said, my house, God's house, will not be a house where racial prejudice exists anymore, but it will be a house for all people to find and experience God fully. He had a righteous Anger. I mean, the dude used a whip in that moment to clear out that temple. He was in touch with his anger. The gospel writers make sure that we pay attention to the fact that just hours before Jesus would face the cross, he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was feeling great anguish. Pain over the reality of the cross and, the, and what it would cost him. And he literally, he invited his friends in, will you be with me in my anguish? And they all fell asleep. So he invites his father in. Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way other than the brutality and totality of sin being thrust upon me, the separation from you that that sin will bring about, if there's any other way, God, please, God, please, God, please. But as he invites God into that deeper space of his inmost being, he says, you know what? Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. This is a savior who felt fully and freely. And he is inviting you to do the same. May we walk in his steps together 
as a church. And to help us do that, we're literally going to walk to the table today, to come to the table of remembrance. Hours before that moment in the garden, Jesus had his disciples gathered around a table. And he took common elements of bread and wine. He said, I want you to get what's going on here. I want you to feel this, to know this in your soul. He broke bread. He said, this is like my body. It's broken for you, made fully available to you. I came to be with you and I gave up my life for you. He took out the cup and he said, this represents my blood, which will be poured out. It's only perfect and pure blood to ever flow, sinless blood to ever flow through human veins. And he says, I pour it out fully and freely for you so that you can actually be forgiven. And Jesus said, I don't want you to forget this. And so he created the table for us to come. And that's what we're gonna do just in this closing moment together as a church. We're gonna come to the table. And here in the front of this room and in the back and in the front of our overflow room, we have little tables with pieces of gluten-free bread so that everyone can come to the table. And you take a piece of the bread to remind you of the body of Christ. You dip in the cup to remind you of the blood of Christ. And here's what I want you to do as you come to the table. I want you to do a little sachet as you come on forward. And I want you to bring where you're at to God. Because how can you invite him in if you don't know where you're at? So as simple as it may be, God, I'm really scared right now. He knows why, but he wants you to share it with him. Or God, I am so in love right now. I am so joyful right now. Thank you, God, for that. Whatever it is that's going on inside, as you take the time to come to the table, would you just bring it to him and know that as you take these elements, that the God who created you who knit you together in your mother's womb will be with you in whatever it is that you were going through. So I want to pray for us. And then when I say amen, you're all dismissed. No ushers are going to come to dismiss you or to send you forth or back. You can just come to the front or head to the back. Again, you can do that in the overflow space as well. Receive the elements and let's check in together with what we're feeling so that we can invite God in to that deeper place of the soul. Will you pray with me right now? God, thank you for... God, thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we don't even understand the depths of our complexity, but we acknowledge your hand and your creativity, God, that you gave us the capacity to feel. Thank you, God, for that alone. And so help us, God, to connect the dots between what we're feeling in this moment and what is going on in our soul. May we be more aware and able to name that. But more than that, may we have the courage to invite you into that. Thank you that it is you who first invited us to come, come to the table, to come into relationship with you as we are and to allow you to do the transformational work in us that begins in the soul. So God, I pray that this would be a holy moment, a moment of remembrance, a moment of naming, a moment of hope for us that we might walk more deeply connected with you and with ourselves in this world. Thank you, Jesus, for your body and blood that ultimately frees us from the chains of slavery that have had us bound our whole life. You have freed us from our past. You have freed us, God, from shame. You have freed us to live fully with you. And so we thank you for that. We receive that and acknowledge that in this moment. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I invite you to come. <clears throat>